Happy Thursday, everyone. It's Pop Culture Mondays on Thursdays, and it's me, Brooke Hammerling. Pop Culture Mondays on Thursdays. Hello, my lovelies. It is Thursday, though I'm actually in the time machine, as the kids call it, and I'm not, not too much of a time machine. It's actually Wednesday afternoon. I'm cutting it close. David, my producer, is being a complete and utter saint doing this so last minute. Um, but, you know, sometimes you lose time. I'm recording it. It's Valentine's Day. I am literally just off of a plane. I was uh, up in Northern California for some meetings and just got back. And really, why am I telling you my itinerary? It is relevant because I am now basically using you guys as my therapist because I didn't have time to call my therapist. I've literally just come in from what happened. So I thought I would I would just talk about it because it is relevant to the world. And if it ends up on TikTok or YouTube, you now have the context as to what happened from my side of things. Uh, we have a lot to talk about. Obviously, there is Super Bowl, Super Bowl, Super Bowl. There is Taylor Swift. There is Taylor Swift mania. There is Jason Kelly. Kelsey and Travis Kelsey, the boyfriend, actually, but I, Jason has also come out as a, a real hero for us over the last uh, few days. We have Beyonce. We have Oscars stuff. But first, I want to give you guys a little rundown of what happened. Should somebody on the plane have filmed this and it will be <laughs> released? Who knows what context it will be? Um, I, I don't think anybody filmed it, but here's my thing. Here's my thing. I believe people can have their own opinions, even if I disagree with them. I think that's what makes me a, a human. I am, of course, never going to think everybody has to agree with me. We used to be able to have uh, political discourse or whatnot and still be friends and be at the dinner table. It was never something that would isolate us, right? Whether you were a Republican or a Democrat or were for abortion or against abortion, or you were uh, pro-Israel or anti-Israel. I don't know. I just don't think these things were dividing us. And now they do. I also believe though, that one's opinion, unless you're at an organized protest, if you're at a place that is designated to be there for you to to protest, which I'm also, even if you're protesting things I disagree with, horribly disagree with, we have the right to gather as long as we're safe and we're not violent, we're not abusive, we're not hurting. You have the right to share your opinions, however awful those opinions may be. I do believe in that. I think that makes me a good uh, American citizen. I believe in your ability of, to have free speech. What I don't think, though, in this moment in time is is right is to inflict your belief system on people for no reason who are not there gathering to for a cause like being on an airplane and you know standing up and saying whether your whatever your belief system is those people are trapped on an airplane they are not there to hear your belief system whether they agree with you or not so that's giving you the setup the setup is i was flying back from uh san jose airport i was on southwest which by the way i've talked about very civilized i really like the whole you get your little assignment you stand up in the little thing you know when you get on the plane you pick your own seat it's all very civilized i find it quite lovely uh shout out to to south West. And I, I was in the front of the plane because I boarded early, uh, boarded one of the first p groups to board. I picked my little window seat, put on my headphones, 
checked out my book immediately and started zoned out listening to my Audible. And I did not pay attention to anything around me. It was a very quick flight, 50 minutes. Didn't even go on to Wi-Fi. Didn't want to. It was just really happy, eyes closed, headphones on, listening to my book. We land at Burbank Airport. Everything is lovely. We are all sort of standing up, gathering our belongings, waiting to deplane. And I'm at the window and I didn't notice again any of the people around me. It was then that this woman in front of me, right next to me, but in front of me, an older woman, I would say a lovely older grandmother looking woman with gray hair and whatnot, was wearing a Palestinian uh, scarf, very big Palestinian scarf with Jewish stars on her, uh, which is not a sight you see. Now, I mean, if you were to break it down, you could technically say this is my fault, but I sucked in my breath. Like, I'm sure she saw me give a look. I sucked in my breath. It was just, it was something shocking. It was a very shocking thing to see this woman who was potentially Jewish or wearing Jewish stars, but wearing a Palestinian garment. And, you know, I then went to reach for my sunglasses. So I, I get, I've talked about it here. I don't have a poker face. I really don't. You ask why I don't play poker. It's not because I don't know how or I don't get it. I cannot not give away what's going on. So she probably read my face. I know she did. She certainly heard the <sighs> sucking sound I gave, but that's it. I, you know, grab my sunglasses. I'm getting off the plane as fast as I possibly can. At which point she says hand to heart, I am a Jew who stands with Palestine. And I think what Israel is doing is horrifying and is a genocide and you should be ashamed of yourself. At which point I am a bull in a in an arena and I see red. I don't I'm a New York girl. I I am like quick draw McGraw when it comes to my emotional <laughs> sort of uh outbursts when something like that happens. Normally I can keep it in check. The younger Brooke probably less so, but the more mature Brooke, I can normally keep it in check. But it was so shocking, guys. And again, I am not saying that even like, uh, you know, where my opinions stand, it just was like, it was so crazy to hear a woman say, I am Jewish and I stand with Palestine. And I said, are you okay? And I may have said some other things like, how dare you? This isn't the place for that. At which point she calls me uh, in an accusatory way, Zionist. This is on a plane, guys. This is like what we see when people hold up their, you know, we're watching the camera phone video. And I lose my mind. I am not joking. I lose my mind and I start saying, and everyone is silent. The flight attendants are coming up and I go, how dare you? I said, how dare you? How dare you make assumptions? How dare you inflict your belief system on everybody on this plane? You don't know what people have gone through. You don't know what other people's experiences are. How dare you put people through that? You don't know if people on this plane have lost somebody. What happened is outrageous. Whether you believe in your truth or not, You, ha how dare you? And I was like, women and children have been raped and murdered and kidnapped. Now, this is not a political podcast. I did lose my cool. I didn't I didn't go after her, but I said that and it was she was calling me a Zionist. 
At which point there's like a bit of a, a, a kerfuffle. You hear this sound of people sort of pushing through the aisle. And at which point I see two giant men who are Middle Eastern, I can tell. I, I don't know what's going to happen. And they come up and they are filled with rage. And they look at me and they look at her and they point their fingers at her and say, how dare you? How dare you? You don't know what you're talking about. And it turns out these are two of all the people to be on my flight. Not only Israelis, but IDF soldiers, former IDF soldiers, like recent IDF soldiers, uh, beautiful men, kind, just like really respectful to her, but just said, how dare you? You don't know what you're talking about. How dare you put this out? We've lost family. We've lost friends. I'm crying now because like the adrenaline has come over me. The flight attendants, the, the plane, the folks, behind, everybody's like in a stunned silence. And she is terrified that she's about to be, you know, like, <laughs> I don't know, dragged off the plane. But these guys were so respectful. And they say to me, thank you. I'm shaking and there's just this chaos. And they proceed to put their hands like basically under my arms and gooch me off the plane and hug me as we are, you know, the way that you land at Burbank, you get off outside and you go out onto the tarmac. And then this other woman who is sitting uh, near us, who's like, you know, it could go either way. You know, you, you just have no idea. She came up. She was this, uh, just this lovely woman. And she came over and she said, we're all so proud of you. Thank you. And I just like, I literally lost it. These guys, they were in tears by the time we entered the building. They're like, we just don't understand. We, we hear this all the time. But to hear a woman say, I am Jewish. And, you know, it was really hard. Again, I know there are people listening to this podcast who, who who have different viewpoints, and I'm all for everyone's viewpoints. I really am. But there's a time and the place, right? A stranger standing up and then calling me, like, and, and using the Zionist as if that's an insult. And, but she doesn't know anything about me. I mean, right? She doesn't know. Just like, I'm not going to stand up and say, I stand with Israel. Like, I, I'm not going to stand up and say, like, go, I stand with Biden. I'm not going to stand up and say these things, you know, and I don't know what public world forum, maybe it's Twitter, maybe it's social media that has allowed everyone to think that it's like an okay, acceptable thing to sort of put a stake in the ground, announce to the world what your thoughts in that very moment are. And I'm sure some people disagree with me and that's okay. But it was a really, uh, it was wild. I have to say, I have, uh, I was very shaken. It was, <laughs> I have this guy, Armin, who, who picks me up from the airport, who's amazing. And he's seen me in every single state. Like sometimes he takes me to the airport at like 5.30 in the morning. And, you know, he's seen he's seen all different sides of Brooke, I shall say. And then he sees me coming out with these two huge Israeli, like hipster guys with like their Israeli army jackets on. And they are basically like still, you know, side by side me as they drop me off, deliver me to Armin, who is like, what happened? <laughs> so they, we sort of give him the rundown. It was, um, I'm just glad because I at least had him to bear witness for my, for my, so I can remember it actually happened because if I hadn't, I, it was almost like it didn't happen. Like it's almost, I, I, I was such an out of body experience that I'm now sort of just, this happened an hour and a half ago. Like it's, this is really fresh, but I still don't quite 
believe that that happened. Um, and I apologize to everyone on the plane who was, you know, brought into that. It wasn't appropriate. And I, you know, I don't normally say things, but it, my heart broke because you just, you never know where people's situations are. You don't know, you know, and, and of course you don't know if people lost their family members have lost their lives in Gaza either. It's just, all of it was tragic and not the right place to, you know, and pronounce your belief system and your criticisms of others in a small airplane with the doors closed. It's just, it was, it was a lot. So anyway, never a dull moment as I, I called my friend Brit immediately and told her and she's like, never a dull moment with you, huh? Like, can you just have a normal day without, without a drama? So I would like that. I would really like that. But there is nothing more dramatic beyond what I just experienced than the world of Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey. Can we just talk about it? I mean, how much brain space are they taking up in, in your brain? Like, I think people who never thought that they would ever think about Taylor Swift are thinking about Taylor Swift. We apparently, at least for TV viewers, we only got 54 seconds of time that the cameras actually showed Taylor during the Super Bowl. Uh, apparently, my friends at the Super Bowl said it was a lot more screen time there. So they showed the, showed her on camera a lot more in the stadium than they did on TV, but 54 seconds. And she's dominated the minds of millions and millions and millions of people, so much so that this is the highest viewed, most viewed Super Bowl of all time. Not only that, it's the most viewed show or like thing on television of all time. Only thing that beat it was the lunar landing. Think about that. Think about that. Think about that. When we first had man walk on the moon and the same people who believe that this was a conspiracy by the Democrats and the NFL to have them win so Taylor and Travis could push their liberal agendas onto the minds and hearts of society are the same people who believe that the lunar landing was a fake, <laughs> believe that was all staged and not real. So it's, you know, it tracks. But yeah, it's the biggest thing in the world. More people watched it the than any other thing ever in the history of time. I mean, just think about it. That is the the power and they attribute it to, you know, the hype of it's not just because people all of a sudden were interested in football. It's not just all the Swifties. It's the fascination. Everybody just it became the sort of the thing. And there were a ton of celebrities there. Very funny photos coming out. The difference between Taylor and Travis's box where you see Taylor and Ice Spice and Blake Lively and friends and family all going crazy. Like every time we saw them or pictures that we saw, they're going crazy. They're so excited. They're like hanging on to each other. They're riveted by the game. And then you go to the Kardashian box or whoever the Kardashians are sitting with. And it's the, the some of the sisters and the friends and they all look, they're all on their phones. I guess they got some images of some of them playing Candy Crush and some other things. And they look, they're all in black and they're bored as fuck. And it's just the contrast is hilarious to me. It is the Super Bowl that launched a billion memes. I mean, if you read the newsletter, I did my damnedest to get them all in. From the memes of Travis Kelsey yelling at his coach, we call Wilford Brimley, 
And if you're my age, you know who Wilfred Brimley is. But also, if you're my age, you realize that he was my age when he starred in Cocoon, which is so crazy because he looked like he was 80 in that movie. I mean, I thought he was 80 in that movie, and he was my age. It's the same as the Golden Girls. I'm telling you, what the hell is going on? Um, but so the Travis yelling at his coach, and then this is launched into like all of this weird debate, you know, people are like worried about this is a red flag and how dare he, this toxicity. And first of all, the coach himself has come out saying uh, everything is fine. I wrote in the newsletter, I jokingly said that, you know, Mama Kelsey is going to have a few words with Travis and say that was inappropriate. That's not who we are. And he's probably going to have to send a gift basket to the coach. And it came out today. I saw some news that, and I haven't listened to the podcast yet, that maybe they talk about it on the pod and Jason gives him a hard time for it. But, you know, this is crazy, the amount of words and analysis that's been hoisted onto this couple. Um, you know, with everything going on in the world, there's more There's more space in media and whatnot dedicated to these two. Um, and to be honest, like, they're handling it with real grace, I, I, I just have to say. But the memes have been amazing. They're the memes of, of Jason Kelsey in the stands with his um, outfit and um, later at the party wearing the, um, uh, like, Nacho Libre wrestling, Mexican wrestling mask. <laughs> so funny. Like, I really want to fucking be in this family. Like, I really feel like they're going to have the best Christmases. Like, the Jason Kelsey's wife. I, I just, Mama Kelsey, the meme with her sitting in the stands clearly before anybody had entered the stadium. She's looking at her phone and there's a, a meme going around that she's good. She's like, Google, what is an ice spice? <laughs> it's so funny. And the other memes of Jason Kelsey talking to Ice Spice. And it's like, Annie, I love your, your song tomorrow. It's endless. And then, after party, which I did not write about because all the pictures came out after I published, but the after party, you see Jason and Taylor dancing to Taylor's music and kissing each other. And then somebody pieced together video of last year's party, because if you know, the Chiefs won the Super Bowl last year as well, but Travis wasn't dating Taylor, but there's video footage of him dancing and singing to Taylor from last year's party. So look at, you know, it just shows you kids, you can, anything can happen in a year, but we are obsessed as a society. We are obsessed on my back to Southwest on my flight yesterday from Burbank to San Jose, the flight attendant, you know, they're always kind of funny on Southwest. They have a personality. They're encouraged to do so, which I appreciate, um, despite the fact that their lives are literally in our hands. She made like every, she was doing the opening sort of, you know, how to put a seatbelt on, the oxygen mask coming over your head. And there were lots of Taylor Travis jokes in there. Like you, you couldn't, you couldn't count them. They were so, they were happening like a million miles a minute. This flight attendant was just like, if the oxygen tank things come out, like, you know, and you're with your husband or child or Travis Kelsey, put it on yourself first. Like it was just, these jokes just kept coming that didn't even have any they didn't fit into the context of, of the conversation, but it's just on everyone's minds. Like we have been completely taken over by the hysteria for which is happening. And I will say that all is forgiven. I know that last week I was like pretty, 
it was hard on Taylor's decisions at the Grammys, um, but also recognizing that we're all human and, you know, we can't always be amazing. And I do think that I do weirdly think that Taylor is more comfortable with her audience, with her fans than she is with the industry people who haven't been kind to her. Truly. I mean, you think about back to the when Kanye took the award from her on the stage at the VMAs. So, you know, it's she's probably more comfortable with a normal group of people and her inner circle of friends than she is with just the entire industry. But this Super Bowl following a week later, Beyonce announced her album. So, I mean, she did it. She she you know, it's not quite the same thing, but she did it. She did a Verizon ad where she teased the music that she was coming with something about breaking, breaking the phone, breaking Verizon, breaking the Internet. And and then it's like new music is coming. And then she literally posted on Instagram uh, pictures of her in this sort of cowgirl get up and announced the uh, drop of two singles. And it's her country. We're in country era Beyonce and people lost their minds. Um, the tech world lost their minds because the, the, as they, the camera goes in to Beyonce clearly on her phone, probably posting the Instagrams right there. And Jay, they, they identified, they're like, wow, look at all the talent in this room. We have Beyonce, we have Jay. And then there was this random guy with them. The random guy was Jack Dorsey, who, um, used to be Jack Dorsey is one of the founders of Twitter and was the head of Twitter. And some say responsible for the fall of Twitter that then was purchased by Elon. Um, Jack, Jack is like a hippie punk. He was a punk rocker who then went into like being like clearly intermittent fasting Jack where he got really skinny. Like there's lots of, I mean, you could say that he was like, um, one of the Roy brothers, you know, were really intense from succession. And he got really into like meditation and rumors were ayahuasca and all of that. And he got very, very skinny and emaciated and long, long beard and was like dipped in Rick Owens clothing and became a disciple of Rick Rubin. And then we see him Fast forward to Sunday in the box with Jay. And incidentally, he bought Jay's music company title. So there are a lot of memes going around about that. Like he bought titles so he could get in the box with Jay-Z. But to be fair, he and Jay and Rick Rubin and that whole posse have been friends for quite a while. But it looks like Jack has stopped intermittent fasting which is good. Put a little, put a little meat on his bones. He definitely had not skipped a meal in a while. But I don't say that insultingly. I'd say that in a good way. He trimmed his beard and he was wearing a Satoshi t-shirt, which is the pseudonym, we presume, of the person or people who developed Bitcoin. And we know that Jack is all bearish on Bitcoin. And we also come on the heels of having Super Bowls where we were inundated with crypto ads and whatnot two years ago, if you remember. Every single ad was a crypto ad. Every single celebrity was in these crypto ads. And this year, not a crypto ad was seen except for Jack Dor Dorsey wearing a Satoshi t-shirt, which I got a lot of texts from people saying, what if Jack is Satoshi? What if? What if? I mean, that would just be the perfect icing on the cake if this was all like a long troll, like Jack and Elon were actually behind it. And who's to say they aren't? I mean, my God, but he brand he got his his little publicity in with his T-shirt. Um, I mean, I could endlessly go on with the memes, but the Beyonce album, 
you know, I've heard from so many people. I'm not a country girl. I'm just not. I don't, I, a country, country, other people getting into country. I appreciate it. I love Beyonce, but we'll just have to see. I'm I, the single is not one of the, I, I've only listened to one. I'm going to be honest. And it's not for me, but the TikToks are great. They're really fun. You see the people being like, I'm not country. I'm not country. And then five seconds later, listening to Beyonce, they're like wearing the the craziest country getup ever and line dancing and doing like the hee-haw and whatnot. So you're seeing a lot of that. Um, she is still a dominant force and, and will continue to be. And, um, if anybody can break the internet, I think it's a, it's between Beyonce and Taylor. I think the two biggest celebrities, most famous people were in that stadium. I mean, it's wild. It's wild. It's just like the impact and the effect and what that means and to be able to try to stay normal. And now they've released all audio the NFL somehow released audio of Travis and Taylor kissing and he said like thank you baby you know my god you can't believe you came all the way well here you go listen to it for yourself oh, I can't believe that thank you I can't believe you I thank you for the support you thank you for that? coming thank you for making it across that way across the world you're the best baby oh my god the absolute best was it electric <laughs> It was unbelievable. Now, I heard from a lot of my friends who are moms, moms of teenage boys, who came out saying they they were in love with Taylor Swift for how she behaved on the field. Despite her being the most famous person in the world, she stood behind Mama Kelsey. She knew that her son needed to see his mom first. And he she stood behind sort of holding her hands in front of her. Um, very, very, you know, it was just a very gracious thing. And I think moms of sons all over the world were very moved by that and touched by that as opposed to, you know, somebody pushing mom out of the way to throw their arms around their boyfriend. She was really respectful and she waited for the mother son sort of moment. And then he came to her after and she appears to be a normal girl. They appear to be doing their best to having a great relationship despite all of the public scrutiny. Today was the the big parade. And I got to say the, the parade in Kansas city, I woke up this morning, turned on the news and there's a lot going on in the world. And instead they were on Taylor watch was the headline on CNN where somebody was like, everybody's here coming together to see if Taylor and Travis are going to be together on Valentine's day, cheering, celebrating their win. Da, 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 da. And I was like, I'm pretty sure she's back She's on tour. She is a tour in Australia. And sure enough, she was not at the parade. It's not her moment. It was the moment for the, the Chiefs. Um, but she also has to get back to work. She she has an Australian tour. But the fact that, A, it's easy to figure that out. B, that legitimate news reporters reporting, um, at and this was, I'd say, 6.30, 7 a.m. Pacific time, from Taylor Watch, Kansas City. It's just like, this is... This is, it's going to end in tragedy. But apparently, Taylor Swift is being given the credit for the huge numbers for the Super Bowl this year and how much money the NFL and the Kansas City Chiefs have made. And there are lots of jokes going around that, like, there's some really funny TikToks and memes going around of, like, what 
the NFL is doing to make sure Travis doesn't fuck it up. Like we can't afford to have Travis fuck it up and break up with, have Taylor break up with him. Like the NFL will do anything to protect them at all costs. Like whatever it needs to keep that relationship happy and going, the NFL and Roger Goodall are going to do. So I think it's, um, I think it's hilarious, but I do worry. I mean, it's just, it's so much attention. Like if I were them, like you have all the money in the world after he retires from football, say they get married and have kids. Like I would like move to some like private little world and just like have a family and tell stories about, remember when we used to be really famous, <laughs> but now like we just feed the dogs and play with the kids and swim in the pool. And I hope that for them, I really do. But wow. I mean, I'm one of these people who have devoted a lot of oxygen to the relationship, but it's just dominated. It's dominated. So that's really it. Um, There is something I posted on my Instagram and I'm going to put it in the show notes. But, you know, we talked about a couple of weeks ago what would happen, um, what the Barbie cast would do or what the Oscars would do or the people attending the Oscars if there was going to be any sort of acknowledgement on the, the Greta Gerwig snub of Barbie. Best picture nomination, not best director and and. I thought, what is what is Ryan going to do? Is he going to come out and sing the song and bring her out? Like, I just was really curious if there was going to be any sort of reaction. Well, we have our answer. And it was done in conjunction with the Oscars, but in a promo. It's about four minutes long. It's genius. It stars Jimmy Kimmel, who is the host of the Oscars, and Kate McKinnon, and uh, America Ferreira, and... Ryan Gosling. And the premise is that Jimmy Kimmel arrives at Weird Barbie's house and he's lost. He needs to get his way to the Oscars. He's in his tux and it's the set of Barbie through and through. And he can't get back to the Oscars. He doesn't know where he is. And it's very much taken from the movie. And Kate McKinnon brings him up to her, you know, map with very, what happened in the movie and shows him all the things he needs to do to get back. And he's really confused and there are lots of funny jokes and she ends up taking him. I'll take you to the theater and they get back to the theater. And he was saying that was like, that's really hard. No one, I'm really scared now that I'm here at hosting the Oscars are hard. And then America Ferrera pops up and says, it is, tricky. You're right. It is tricky and proceeds to give the equivalent of her being a woman is hard speech to being a host of the Oscars is hard. So listen to that. Here we are, the Oscars. Wow. I didn't think we were going to make it. Uh, Thank you. Hey, no problem. So much. Honestly, now that I'm here, I'm nervous. This is like, it's, I don't know if I can do this. It's such a tricky thing. He's right. It is a tricky thing. It's literally impossible to host the Oscars. You have to be extraordinary, but somehow you're always doing it wrong. Like, you have to make fun of people, but you can't make too much fun of people. And you have to give everybody enough time, but you can't go long. And you are the center of attention, but almost nobody cares you're there. You can never show off, never fall down, never fail, never show fear. Nobody says thank you, and everyone has something critical to say online. If it goes well, no one says anything. But if it doesn't, it's your fault. Yes, that's... I think what you're saying is hosting the Oscars is even harder than being a woman. No. No, that's... That's not at all what I was saying. Wrong. It's so good, right? It's so good. And Ryan Gosling is there. And Ryan is 
the funny character. And I mean, they're all funny, but he's sort of the buffoon in it. He's wearing his I am Knuff sweatshirt. He's eating in and out. And he was saying that in and out burger is like, this is this like cool internet trend where you eat in and out burger at the Oscars. And they're like, actually it's, it's after the Oscars is the trend to go and be filmed eating in and out. And it's if, if you win the Oscar. And so then he's like, well, that's not going to happen. Making a joke. Like he's not going to win the Oscar. Cause he probably won't. But then he says, at least Greta's got it in the bag. And then that's when, I mean, you just realize this is done with the participation of the Oscars. So then America whispers into his ear saying that she was snubbed for the director, we assume. All of a sudden he screams and then Jimmy Kimmel screams and then Kate and America scream. And then the two women stop screaming and the boys just keep screaming and they're like, men can't. They're so pathetic. I got in and out. (laughs) It's kind of this cool social media trend where you get it before the Oscars. Oh, hey, Ryan. Um, Actually, I think the trend is to have In-N-Out after the Oscars. Actually, after you've won the Oscar. Yeah. Well, that's not going to happen. Good thing Greta's got director in the bag. Oh, Ryan? Hmm? Yeah. Mm -hmm. What? grow into women, but not all boys grow into men. Some remain hopelessly stuck in a loop of infantile foolishness. One of them will host the Oscars. It is a true acknowledgement. It's so brilliantly done. It was entertaining. It was funny. It was lighthearted, but it was also like, we hear it, we get it. Like, it was supportive. I don't know. It just brought me great joy. So check it out if you haven't. And um, that's it. I I honestly am not going to do my Mary Makeout Mute this week. I'm going to put it on hold. I'm a little too traumatized from my experience on the plane. And I just kind of want to mute everything, if that makes sense. I just want to go. I, if it were only a Friday afternoon and I could go have a drink, but I need to go take some deep breaths and maybe a bubble bath and get myself back to normal if there is such a thing. But I will see you guys. I'm not going to see you next week. I haven't even told David this. I'm not going to see you next week. I'm going to be in Jamaica. I am going to write my newsletter, but I'm not going to pod because I'm going to be in Jamaica and I just don't know what my schedule will be because my schedule will be that I will be in the middle of the ocean somewhere swimming with all the little fishies and the the octopus and the eels and the stingrays and the turtles and all of the things that is it's just like my dream I it's my favorite place in the world so if you need me you can come find me I will be in Jamaica and um I say that to everyone wagwan one love oh my god I forgot I will close out I saw one love Fuck those reviewers. These reviewers are crazy pants. One Love is a Bob Marley story. The reviewers basically are complaining that it's not more of Bob's history. The story takes place around a certain period of time. It's really interesting how they do it, where they're looking at a segment of time that's sort of when Bob sort of erupted into the global landscape in the political atmosphere in Jamaica at the time and him bringing, trying to unite these worlds in a very polarizing moment in time. It's very timely for us as a society. 
the actor playing Bob Marley is unbelievable. He's also the hottest thing I've ever seen. The actor playing my friend and darling Chris Blackwell is unbelievable and also the hottest guy I've ever seen. So I would, I just want to make out with them. I'll just say that. I mute everybody else. I want to make out with the whole cast of One Love. This movie was so beautiful. It really was as somebody who has a deep connection to Jamaica, to Jamaican people, to the Jamaican music, to the culture. It's a remarkable movie. And don't let idiotic reviewers who are trying to make it something that it's not sway you. I loved it. If you listen to Bob Marley, if you like Bob Marley and the Whalers, if you like reggae, if you like biopics of some kind, it's go check it out. It's sensational. And that is all my lovelies. So I'll see you on the other side post Jamaica. Bye. Pop culture Monday.